0: to talk about Humanoids from the Deep. This is the Very Unreasonable Things podcast. Billy Bone, Josh Lindsey.
1: <clears throat> howdy,
0: howdy. Uh, no Daniel Sanders today. He's off making the big money. Let's, uh, let's talk about Humanoids from the Deep, though. Released May 16th, 1980. Was produced by one Roger Corman. Uh, uncredited producer though, so he wasn't he didn't show up as a name, but he's an uncredited producer. Uh, you may remember Roger Corman from such films as as a producer, Piranha, Galaxy of Terror, Death Race 2000, and one Fantastic Four movie that never got an official release that was made just to keep the rights within I think Fox, if I'm not mistaken, or to maybe a s- specific person. Uh, directed by Barbara Peters. Um, didn't really, and maybe I'm just wrong, didn't see any movies that were of note, but she did direct episodes of Remington Steel with, you know, nice. Pierce Brosnan. James
1: Bond before he was James Bond.
0: Yeah. Falcon Crest. Do you remember that one when they had primetime soap operas?
1: I remember the name like that's. I don't know anything else about it. Just I don't either. I just remember it from as a child. But you
0: had like Dynasty, Falcon Crest, uh, Dallas, <laughs> Notch Landing. Uh, oh, here's a here's a got to be a classic. Summer
1: school teachers. <laughs> uh, I can guarantee you that there's at least twelve pairs of breasts in that. I pulled it up on Wikipedia
0: just to look at it. And uh, one of the teachers in the movie, um, I think ends up having an affair with one of her students. One of the other teachers ends up having an affair with a photographer who talks her into posing nude or something. I don't know. Uh, but it sounds like your typical, you know, like the the title suggests. Yeah. Uh, but here we go. Here's the name that people will recognize aside from Roger Corman, you know, and this gonna be James Horner, did
1: the score. Oh my God! When when I saw that, I it it blew me away. And I meant to look up James Horner's um, filmography because this got has got to be like the first.
0: I've, I've got some. It is. It's early. It's early in his uh, his career. And um, I was like you. Like when I saw the name James Horner, I'm like, wait a minute. Let me look this up because this can't be who I'm thinking of. But it was. But yeah, James Horner did Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, Cocoon, Aliens, Willow, Avatar. I mean, did some big movies.
1: I mean, you missed the big one. What's that? For me, it was Braveheart. That, that soundtrack is oh, amazing.
0: Braveheart was a, I liked Braveheart. It was a good movie. And then you got starring Doug McClure. So pulled it up, you know, because I heard the name McClure and I immediately thought Simpsons, right? Troy McClure. Troy. Yeah. Doug McClure was an inspiration. He, and I think, was it Troy Donahue? But Doug McClure apparently was a fan of the Simpsons also. So when he saw the Troy McClure character, he had asked his daughters, they're like, wait a minute, are they making fun of me? And apparently they started calling him Troy McClure behind his uh, back as a joke. But he was on The Virginian. And then you have Ann Turkle, Vic Morrow, and Lynn Schiller. Uh, released by New World Pictures. Uh, had the runtime at 80 minutes. Showed the box office being $2.5 the budget being $2.5 hmm. And then a one little side note I saw was originally the picture was offered to Joe Dante. Yeah. Tur- turned it down.
1: You know, he... It, it's- I don't know if I had to guess. He's probably pretty tired of working for Roger Corman because he had did Piranha. But when, because Corman, I guess, I think you had said it, he's a uncredited producer. Mm-hmm. But New World Pictures pops up because I didn't, I think the only thing I knew about this movie was from In Search of Darkness, maybe. Yeah. The documentary. I, I forget if it was part one or part two. So I didn't know anything about this movie. And I put it on New World Pictures. And then, as I tend to do, after the movie, I go to IMDb and I look up the trivia. Which, half the time, is just fucking bullshit. But I saw Corman. And we'll talk about what Corman added to the film. And then I got to thinking, because I didn't didn't realize he did Piranha. And I was thinking, is this my first Roger Corman movie I've ever seen? Which would be crazy. Right? Corbin has done so fucking much. But outside of Piranha, I have seen Piranha. Yeah. So this isn't my first, but.
0: I think he was, I think it's safe to say, more prominent as a producer than a director. I mean, he did do like uh, The House of Usher and uh, uh, The Pit and the Pendulum back in the day as a director, but really started cranking him out as a producer. And, you know, he, um, he knew his audience, he knew what they wanted and his movies, you know, like fit, filled a very specific spot in the market.
1: Right. He, he's a lot like, and, and maybe they're two totally different guys. I'm sure they are. Um, but who's the trauma guy?
0: Oh, uh, Lloyd
1: Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman. I mean, I guess they, they know their audience you know and you know they stick to a certain game plan yeah. when it comes to cranking out those movies but did you know of this movie before you chose it you chose it cuz you love this movie <laughs> you want to marry it i had, i had saw part of it on the last drive in i'd missed it when it originally
0: ran on there and i saw the back half and i didn't get to see the first half And so I kind of wanted to come back to it, you know, and, and watch some of these movies I'd never seen because obviously, you know, depending on where you lived at the time these movies were out, you know, could limit what you could see. And if you were in a smaller town, then you're, you're, uh, what did Daniel call it? The VHS store, (laughs) but the, uh, the video rental stores, they may not have these movies and, you would only have access to the higher profile, maybe direct the video. And then obviously your theatrical releases, like your nightmares, your Friday 13th, things like that child's play. So this is one that I hadn't seen as a child, but was brought to my attention. I was like, well, let me go back and watch it. And I suggested it for me and you to cover. I figured this is one we could cover and Daniel wouldn't be mad at us.
1: Well, I don't know. Maybe if he listens to the podcast and, and hears us talk about it, maybe. Because there, there, there's a lot here. Yeah. There's.
0: He can go back and watch it, and then he can do his Daniel notes. And we yeah. can just have him, like, read a couple notes on a different episode. Like, hey, give us some of those Daniel notes on uh,
1: humanoids from the deep. Yeah, we've talked about him doing just a solo episode of just him reading, like, Andy Kaufman.
0: Be like, poetry night with Daniel.
1: Yeah. All right. So yeah, I got a little synopsis. Um. Humanoids from the deep.
0: They began in the water. They're not human, but they hunt human women, not for killing, for mating. Why the girls?
1: It's my theory that these creatures are driven to mate with man now, in order to further develop their incredible evolution.
0: Humanoids from the deep. Anywhere you run, any place you hide, any time you stop, they will find you. from the deep.
1: Humanoids from the deep are otherwise known as monster, are otherwise known as teenage mutant horny frogs, or otherwise known as brazzers, slimy body wet tits. When a fishing village is besieged by thirsty amphibian sea creatures that can walk upright, but live in water, but can also make their home on land. But they do have gills and webbed appendages. But they have zero problems breathing air. But they do love the water. But they prefer to do their fucking on solid ground. Because interspecies raping just hits different on land. But again, big fan of Aqua too. And when these creatures from the salmon lagoon get word that big business cano or canco, sorry, are about to open a cannery in their sleepy fishing village, these fuck monsters spring into action. And by spring, I mean kind of waddle upright. But again, they love water and land equally. Please don't make them choose a favorite. And these slimy, sex starved, swinging dick seaweed monsters only know two things brutally murder the mating competition. And no fatties. And with that, it's up to our four heroes to stop the army of Deshaun Watsons from performing their mating ritual. First, we have Jim Hill, whose only characteristic in this movie that I can tell is that he takes child brides for wives. And then we have Dr. Susan Drake, who, can I, who I can only assume is a literal giant. And then we have Hank Slattery, and the only thing he hates more than humanoids is minorities. And lastly, we have the Native American Johnny Eagle, played by Anthony Pena. Right book, wrong chapter movie. And when the humanoids crash the town's annual festival, no doubt hoping to turn it into Fuckfest 80, the heroes discover the humanoids' weakness is also that of American school children. Bullets. And lots of them. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so...
0: I was going to talk about it later but since it was in your in the the uh summary there how about a cannery company being canco <laughs> I mean it's it's brilliant yeah it's right on the fucking nose but then apparently it's not just a cannery though cuz they've got scientists and I don't know it's just and i was i'm f- not gonna
1: lie i didn't exactly know what a cannery was i, I still don't you might have to explain it to me i I'm guess it's just, just uh, i'm
0: assuming they can the fish they like process it and can it like canned tuna i don't know i'm i was trying to so when we first when the movie first comes on well not when it first comes on but and we'll be talking out of Sequence obviously, but when you you get the little subplot about Canco being like this evil corporation, and I, and before I realized because they don't tell you right off the bat that it's Canco versus the Native Americans, you just think it's like Canco versus some locals that don't want a cannery in their area, and I'm like, well, why would a cannery be a bad thing for fishermen?
1: They can't. And- it, seems it cannot like, be like a canning company though.
0: It seems like that would make it easier for you to like sell your goods directly to the to the person buying them and almost like cut out a middleman, you know, and not have to worry about cost for like delivery and shit like that. And so I was thrown off and I was like, well, this, this this doesn't make any sense. But then you find out later on that it's um, they're, they're going against like the Native American, I guess, tribe in the area. And I couldn't, I think the movie takes place in California because they, they talk about lawyers in mm-hmm. Sacramento.
1: It does. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it turns out the play, the town is actually a town in California. But when I first saw it come up, you know, I just immediately started thinking of like Pacific Northwest or something like that with like the coats and shit and then the fishing boats. I don't know. I didn't think of California. But, yeah, it's just, I couldn't wrap my head around like why fishermen would be mad about a cannery being there unless they, because it's not a large fishing company, right? They're not going out catching their own fish, they're just buying your
1: fish. And that seems like that'd be a good thing. But it,
0: like I said, you find out later on.
1: And look, this, and I don't even know if I have it in my notes. I'll have to scroll down a little bit, but just jumping ahead, this movie's so cheap that. The the human bad guy who 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 obviously learns his lesson towards the end of the movie he has a plot to stop well he he follows Johnny Eagle upriver. And Johnny Eagle's supposed to be talking to like the other members of the tribe about mm-hmm. getting a lawyer to stop this. And Vic Morrow's character comes up slattery, and he and he's like listening from outside. And this entire movie, the only person, and you hear conversation. This movie's so cheap. The only Native American you see is Johnny Eagle throughout the entire thing. It's
0: he, he I don't know. It's he represents the tribe as a whole. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> But well, speaking of uh, Slattery though, eavesdropping on that conversation, dude. dude rolled up like a fucking ninja.
1: Oh, yeah, I this ain't mean, his first time like no. <laughs> peeping Tom. And no. It was, it was like,
0: and he was so quick to go to underhanded means to get what he wanted. <laughs> and, uh, and what was he gaining like because he wasn't with Canco, right? He was just a fisherman himself because he had a bigger fishing boat, it looked like.
1: No, I think he was just uh, your typical story asshole. Because he was an asshole to everybody. Look, he was a racist. Oh, yeah. But even his buddies, he was. He, he could barely tolerate them. But it is funny, though. It is funny. Big Morrow, just a couple of years later, would kind of play the same character uh, in the Twilight Zone movie, which, if. If you don't know that story, everybody should. I mean, it's heartbreaking. Should, should Google or Wikipedia that story? It is. Uh, it is. I don't know. Like, I find it very fascinating. I, I don't know if you've watched cursed films on Shudder.
0: No, not yet. It's, it's on my uh, watch list.
1: Yeah, I've I watched that and the Poltergeist one. Obviously, the two big ones, but um, so fucking sad. What happens to the actor Vic Morrow? But his character is almost identical Wait, to his.
0: Is he the one who gets beheaded?
1: hmm With the two uh, children, Vietnamese children. Yeah. They show the footage in cursed films.
0: Maybe I'm thinking of something different. Like, how did it happen? I don't want to go too deep into it, um, obviously. Helicopter. Okay, yeah. The, the stunt is, went wrong. Helicopter film. Yeah, it off. is the one I'm thinking of because it was uh, Landis was the director. I yeah. Think we did we yeah. on this before in a previous episode, and he had uh, insisted on doing a stunt, and they made alterations, but they didn't test it like they were supposed to or something. And in a matter of inches, it cost somebody their life. Three people. Yeah. And then... You know, but yeah, cool.
1: I hope you get your shot, asshole. Yeah, yeah, he 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 went to trial, but like they have footage on that shutter documentary. It's only like thirty minutes, and uh, you don't see anything graphic. You know, it's just a sort of a shot that's the angle. You just see the helicopter crash, and it is. I don't know. It's one. It's one of those things to where just sort of some chills up your spine because. Yeah. Um, the the two children were like, obviously Hollywood has a lot of, you know, the only thing that can be fucking unionized in America is for rich people. Uh, so they're, the union rules for that kind of stuff is very strict. So they went like off the book and hired like these two children and just shooting late at night in those dangerous conditions and, and Vic Morrow was nervous about it and just everything that happened. But yeah, his character is almost the same like that in twilight zone movie, he's like this racist guy. And then he gets thrown into, you know, he's like a black man in the South during the lynching era. And then he's thrown into Germany, you know, and he's like this Jewish guy. And then, the one that ended it was like he was a Vietnamese guy here in Vietnam. And obviously, he learns his lesson. And in this movie, the same thing kind of really happens at the end, you know?
0: The, 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 uh, I guess this movie, uh, it was kind of odd that he survived.
1: It was very, but it's sort of, but then you're like, oh, he's going to be saved and it's going to be by Johnny Eagle. Yeah. It's like, that's where you're going.
0: But he died, and then the true hero of this movie paid the price and, and didn't live. And that was the fucking DJ. Because that dude was committed to his fucking job. He was given the play-by-play at that festival. He was like, oh, my God, they're coming towards us. They're ripping limbs off of people. They're right at me. Ah, they're killing me.
1: Uh, but he was he was quick to to keep Miss Salmon Village in the bikini next to him. He's like, he he wouldn't let her leave, you know, just he, in case they make it through the night. He did try to protect her though, and but dude, you can only hope for that kind of dedication from somebody. <laughs> oh no, I mean, and and just seeing like a DJ, uh. At an event, you know, it just makes me harken back to a a better time. Yeah, in the world, America, but
0: yeah. So, I'll tell you, like right at the beginning of the movie, something that jumps out to me was the title card. Monster. Yeah, well, just the way it looked. Yeah, it was called Monster in Europe and somewhere else. They it was had a different title, and here it was humanoids sort of, humanoids from the deep in the United States. But I'm talking about the way it looked. You know, it had that bright, vibrant color. It was almost like a throwback Mm -hmm. to old, old It's a creature movie. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Creature flicks. So that was cool. Um, And then, you know, because it's a... It is a B movie, and it has a small crew. Those credits roll by pretty quick.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) blink and you'll miss them.
0: And, you know, the movie's only 80 minutes long, but they like they do a good job in like that first five minutes though to set up like hey what kind of town is this oh this is a fucking fishing town this is working class people these dudes want to catch their fish drink some beer and they go home and be annoyed by their kids later and be like damn it dad's got to sleep off this
1: hangover you know whatever oh well hell within the first five minutes you're killing a kid well, yeah, I was saying you, like,
0: you got four minutes and fifty nine seconds to establish the town, and then somebody's got to die,
1: and it's and it's a fucking kid, and that's when I knew, like, I, I'm in, I'm in for this movie. Like, anytime you kill a kid in a movie, especially the first kill, <laughs> and we'll and, we, and we'll get to it because then they start fucking killing dogs, and that's when I. I'm like, alright, movie. You can you can fuck right off killing good old boys. But not good old boys. Good boys. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, some, good old,
0: some good old boys die too.
1: Oh yeah, they oh they get their comeuppance uh pretty graphically. Yeah. I did not expect this makeup department to do this good of a job on this yeah, low budget movie. I was thinking the same
0: thing. Like, I had it in my notes. It was... Yeah, dude. And, like... Matter of fact, I think it might have been the DJ that we talked about when he got cut and you could see it like along his ribs. But the... Well... Uh, the kid with the face, I believe. it was The, the face. The first, the first kid. Like, there was a lot of... Hell, even the dog later on. The first dog that dies. Like, it's all jacked up. And I'm like, wow,
1: this is pretty fucking good. Yeah. That... Yeah. That... That first, ah, uh, but yeah, the kid, the the uh, the two, the the couple that that take a thirty minute walk along the beach to fuck or to swim.
0: In their, I'm tennis assuming shoes. there's going to be fucking in their tennis shoes. Don't forget that in their tennis shoes. Which I just I don't Jesus. know for whatever reason, for whatever reason it was, that just struck me as odd. You couldn't get some fucking flip-flops or something? You're on the beach, for God's sakes.
1: <sighs> They're locals. They must, like, just... These are my swimming shoes. <laughs> like, these are the shoes I'll, I swim in, I guess. Like, I don't know. There are rocks, though, man. Like, I ain't fucking with rocks and flip-flops like that. I guess. But, yeah, that his death... And then we'll eventually talk about it because we're kind of like scattershot here, like uh, the ventriloquist guy. Man, there there are some good deaths in this movie. There is.
0: Dude, Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to the first one then. Deke, that was the father's name when he was on that fishing boat. Oh. He didn't seem too fucking concerned about his son until. No, he, he was did. Dead. No, i talking about until no, he was dead. It's it's so
1: funny though.
0: Quit pouring that gas in there. Come over and help us with this line. (laughs)
1: God damn it. Oh, hey. That kid has seen his fair share of backhands. I promise you that. But I love it though. You've been here all
0: goddamn day and haven't (laughs) checked the level?
1: A fucking shitty ass work ethic from a fucking nine year old. He ain't tolerating that shit. Right. I'm. But, you know, when when his son goes over and then the blood starts coming out and nobody knows on the boat what happened. First off, that must have been (laughs) the goddamn driver of the boat. I don't even want to call this fuckface captain because he's just like (laughs) shooting flares. Yeah. At the gasoline that he smells. I mean, but when the kid goes over. And then you start seeing blood and the dad's like, No Deke or whatever. His his first mate is stopping him from going in the water for no reason. It's like that's his son. Like why are you stopping him from going in the water? Like Yeah, because at this point you haven't seen the sea creature. You even. you don't know what's going on, yeah. Yeah. I mean and
0: you're just like, no <laughs> Your son was my competition <laughs> for first mate. <laughs>
1: We're not saving them. I'm about to get a promotion. No, D, don't go in. You'll have other kids to beat into greatness.
0: Right? This one's gone. But speaking about the flare, dude, did you notice how quickly shit blows up in this movie?
1: Oh, my God. They had had one shot to get this right, and they loaded that motherfucking boat up with as much explosives.
0: Well, it's not even just that, though. It's just like, 'Cause it happens here, it happens with the truck later, but it also happens with the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there's no time where anything catches on fire and then like it gets to the source that would cause like this combustion. It's just like, oh no, this bottle hit the the cabin, kaboom. Oh, you shot this flare at the boat, kaboom. Like it's instantaneous.
1: Oh, that's what happens when you when you're getting a movie under 90 minutes. Uh-uh, okay. you gotta cut that shit. Yeah. You know, I will say this, at the the opening credits, there's a boat that passes by, and like you said, the credits go by in like 26 seconds, blink, and you'll miss it. There's a boat that goes by with the name Terra Dome. Terra with the, like the name Terra, T-A-R-R-A. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was clever. Instead of Terra Dome, Terra, it's a nice little boat name.
0: Yeah, so the, the, the fucking boat blew up, you know, like you said, like we were talking about. Uh, the kid bit to dust. The dad was prevented from jumping in to save his child. And it was just like the first
1: eight minutes of the movie. Like, Yeah, it wastes zero time. And that's the last time we see the dad, right? I think, well, that's because he was on the boat and it blew up. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking cheap beer, man. <laughs> <laughs> because I think he's like a working actor at that time, oh, so I was expecting him to. Because I kind of did like look him up on IMDb because he's got one of those faces.
0: Yeah, that's why he had to blow up
1: in like the first eight minutes. <laughs> we can't.
0: He, he's a working actor, and
1: we've got a budget, Jim. We can't. We can't afford the third day, right? Did you Did you notice these fishermen and what they look like? they look like proto hipsters like makes sense it's probably northern california yeah near the you know the the northwest coast but it's like ah okay like now i get it like this is what the hipsters were going for they had like i don't even know how to describe it when you think of the early hipster movement you know, that came out of... That was born out of Portland and shit. But,
0: but like, the flannel shirts and, like, the uh, vest and the,
1: shit. Yeah, and the yeah. beards. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, these... 30 years from now, these guys would be listening to, like, Animal Collective, you know?
0: <laughs> right. They, they wouldn't have to worry about, you know, attacking minorities. They would have... They would have been in style. Yeah. Yeah. Yet yeah, so... I guess the, um, and God, and if, and if you compare this to the previous episode too, and you're like, man, y'all beat the shit out of Friday the 13th for the same type of shit. I just want to put this out there. There's a reason. And that's because Sean Cunningham, you know, tried to take a bunch of credit for shit he didn't do. Um, and tried to act like all this shit was planned and blah, blah, blah. This movie knows what it is. This movie knows it's a fucking B movie a drive-in movie, a grindhouse movie, whatever you want to call it. Like it knows what it is. It knows that plot is fucking secondary and deaths and sex appeal are number one. And so you get this flimsy fucking fucking plot about Canco, the evil cannery, which I, I still, still doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. And why they got scientists and they're trying to make salmon bigger or more advanced. they like the $6 million man. I don't know. Bigger, faster, stronger.
1: (laughs) And it's such a like a throwaway plot towards the end. Like, you know, this ain't your first rodeo. When you're watching this movie, you know, like a corporation enters the fray. They're up to no good, because corporations are horrible. And they enter the fray, and then like and it's not till like the last six minutes before you realize like before everything sort of comes together with like why, where these humanoids come from? But there's, sorry, a little bit of an echo. I'll go ahead. No, but this, again, you're, you know, you're watching this movie, and because I didn't know it was Corman, and I'm thinking it's just like, a creature, feature, sort of like creature from the black lagoon type yeah. of thing. <laughs> and then once you see your first pair of titties, it's like, oh, okay. And then you see like other titties and more titties. You're like, oh, okay, I get it now. This is a this is a titty flick almost because. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna get into it, but these, you know, in, in my synopsis, I touched on it. Jumping, sweet, hang on, I lost it. It's like, sweet baby Jesus, these mutants are so goddamn horny,
0: <laughs> right? They,
1: they just want to fuck.
0: It is, and they try to explain that too. It's almost like you did you could have just had to be like, Hey, there's some shit in the ocean we don't fucking understand. And apparently it's mating season and these fuckers are coming to our salmon festival to, you know <laughs> mate with our
1: women. First <laughs> and, off, hard pass on the salmon festival. Right. No thank you.
0: I don't I don't like salmon.
1: Uh, I don't either. And that uh, shit's everywhere in Sweden, man. Yeah. It's
0: fucking my, my grandmother used to make that shit all the time, and even after my grand—my grandfather loved it. And after he passed away, you know, she'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna cook supper. You want something?" I'm like, "What are you making?" She's like, "Salmon." I'm like, "Why?" I no, I don't <laughs> like salmon, and and, and you know, Granny's gone. Why are we having salmon? <laughs> I thought you liked salmon. <laughs> no, I never liked it. <laughs> but anyways, the uh, the corporation being behind it though is like. What was the point? Because they didn't have any kind of comeuppance. Matter of fact, it ne- ended at the end of the movie, the woman went back to her fucking lab at the company.
1: Well, yes and no. We'll get to that. Because she actually went to go help deliver the birth of the half mutant.
0: Oh, yeah. Th- that too. But they had said, at one point, they said she went back to her lab. But it's like, you know, okay, Kanko, do you. You were making Olympic salmon for some reason. We don't know why, because it seems like, you know, if you had less salmon that you could create a a demand shortage and raise the price. I don't know. I don't understand this. Uh, It seems like everything they were trying to do was legitimately for the good of the community. And then somehow you made this sea creature that wants to fuck. Um, But there wasn't a need for a scientific explanation, you know, when no, we, I, when we covered them, you know, it's almost like, hey, cool. You know, like, this is a result of the Atomic Age. But here, it's just like, this is a result of a canning company trying to make salmon. And somehow, they became horny semen.
1: And You know, and, and to the movie's credit, I think it that knows that it's... Horny semen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we go ahead. I'm sorry. Horny semen. But to the movie's credit, I think they know that that shit's secondary. Because, I mean, they gloss right over it. They fucking... Oh they Olympic style jump over it really quickly. Cause it's, it's, it, it fucking doesn't matter. There's creatures and, you know, and apparently according to, you know, IMDb trivia, if you can believe it, it was Corman who pushed for all the nudity.
0: Yeah. Well, that Ch- yeah, shocker. Exactly. I read that. He, um, as a matter of fact, I've got it written down. Let me pull it up for you real quick. Let me, uh, Flip a you know page four, small pages, not Daniel size pages. I don't have a novel here, um, but yeah, Corman had said that Peters, the director, had did a great job with the male death scenes, and she knew. Mm-hmm. So according to Corman, she knew like coming in like what kind of movies this is going to be because you know Corman makes a, a type of movie, and so his direction was kill all the males and rape all the women. That was the direction for the movie. And he said that she did a great job with the male death scenes. They were great. But when it comes to like the rape scenes, they were shadowy or they'd cut away to something else. And you
1: wouldn't see. And it. You, you, yeah. You could do understand how a female director wouldn't want to yeah. linger on that.
0: And my only, you know, yeah, I get it. You know, and, and we've been critical of Rob Zombie adding rape in all his movies. Before, so I mean, I would say the same thing. You know, I mean, I don't know what. I, I guess if you're into si, slimy sea creatures raping women, or having, there's somebody um, out there that is having a sex she- with women or something like that. You know, cool, you do you. But I mean, I we could have went with the implication, and I'd have been just fine. And if you're, you know, if you're just wanting to get breast in the movie, there was plenty of ways to get breast in the movie without actually seeing a sea creature rape a woman. Which we don't
1: actually ever see that in this movie's defense.
0: You do. You see it a couple times, actually. It's just that it's, you just don't see uh, sea creature penis. But like, there's one point where one of them, uh, actually, she's the woman's face down and he comes up behind and you see him do like the thrusting motion.
1: I guess I was too busy like adjusting my boner.
0: <laughs> but uh, I that. But I guess yo I'm know, only concerned about like adding a, aside from the uh just like some of it we could have did without but if this stuff was added in to the movie just think how short this movie would have been if it wasn't added in cuz this shit's already 80 minutes. This would have been like a 75-minute movie. I don't even know if it would have been qualified as a movie at that point.
1: Yeah, I know. Like,
0: Oh, they also changed the title of the movie. The working title of the movie was Beneath the Darkness. And so when Corman... Because Corman had another director add that stuff in that we were talking about. Like the rape scenes, the extra gore, the extra nudity. Um, I didn't get the name of the director, but he... Um, Oh, my God. Fuck, I had the name of the movie he went on to work on, and I can't remember what it was. But anyways, he edited it in for him, but they didn't tell, obviously, Peters, and they didn't tell uh, the actress, Turkle, that the stuff was being added in. And they asked to have their names removed from the movie once it was added in, and they refused. and so, And then they changed the title from Beneath the Darkness to Humanoids from the Deep, which... I guess beneath the darkness is a name for a better movie.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we would have covered that movie if it was titled that.
0: Humanoids from the Deep is the name of a B movie, so that does. In that case, it, it was a good change. It fits, but yeah, I just I thought it was the movie's already short, and I'm just like, man, how short is this? And this is with. You know, I complained about the uh, the cannery subplot earlier, but if that wasn't in there, how long does this movie end up being? Because it's fucking flying by and it's brisk.
1: Oh, this, this this movie again! Like we talked about, like once it starts, man, and it's quick, it just goes. And yeah, you cut all that shit out, man. You're looking at like a YouTube clip video,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Honestly, because they, because this is a B-horror movie, so of course they introduce characters just to be killed off, and uh, there's no added character to any movie, you know, like the main guy, outside of Slattery, outside of Vic Morrow, who... uh, I guess Morrow, who was who established actor, obviously took this movie for what little paycheck he got. But the main character has no development.
0: Oh no, he's, zero. He's just fucking there. He he's just there. Yeah, it's like you said, uh, Morrow, you know, he has the biggest arc in the movie. And, and has the most development from, you know, cartoon supervillain to... And I don't even know that he becomes accepting of Johnny Eagle. Maybe not.
1: Maybe not. You know, he, he like, we just looks, assume that.
0: Yeah, he still looks kind of disgusted. But to, <laughs> to his credit, though, he did try to save that girl. I mean, so it's not like he's just yeah. a total shitbag. Uh, he just, for whatever reason, doesn't like Native Americans. And it's not like...
1: He- He had a specific word that he called Johnny Eagle. I
0: don't even remember what it was. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to figure out that what he had, what did he have against Johnny Eagle, man? Because apparently Johnny Eagle lived down river, you know, fucking cabin away from town. Who was he bothering?
1: (laughs) It it, it was just your, your, your very stereotypical, uh, racist, you know, uh, Again, like like you said, like he's given an arc, but it's it's a moot point because you don't even know anything about Slattery either, really. Besides, he he fucking loves Conco. He, he loves them. Canco. Canco. I mean, that's I, I get the reason why you think that it's a, a canning operation. Well, because Canco. they call it they
0: call it a cannery. That's why I think it's a canning operation. <laughs> I,
1: I honestly thought it was like a fish hatchery of some sort. Well, I feel like they would have called it a hatchery if it was a hatchery. But a cannery? Is that what you call something that can stuff? I don't know. Anyway, the boring-ass lead of this movie has a brother who... You could tell they cast... And you don't even know it's his brother till the guy, very fucking end. I hope you fucking and say he, it. I hope,
0: hope you are about to say what I was st- wrote down. I hope you're about to fucking say it. Say it.
1: On, he's the great value Mark Hamill. Like Yes! Yes! They,
0: he looks like fucking Luke Skywalker on the moisture bar. He farm. does.
1: And this was like 1980. So like Star Wars is in the zeitgeist. And you could tell like... Because this guy, he brings nothing to fucking absolute zero to... His screen presence, but he looks like Mark Hamill. He looks like a, again, like a Mark Hamill that you order off Wish, you know?
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, man, I'm glad you fucking said that because I had that wrote down, too. Oh, where is that shit at? Yeah, Tommy looks like Luke Skywalker. I just made a quick note of it because, like, that one scene where you see his fucking hair kind of feathered out. Oh, dude, it's... He should have been fucking standing out there with his knee propped out looking at the twin sun setting over
1: Tatooine. Well, if that was in the budget, I'm sure they would no, have done that.
0: They couldn't afford the
1: suns. No, he would just be looking out like at the fucking one sun.
0: But well, I don't know if that's accurate either because I don't know if you noticed this, but when they go to blow up Johnny Eagle's uh, cabin or
1: shack or Base of operations. You right? talking about with the greatest Molotov cocktail ever in the history of man?
0: Yeah, exactly. But it's fucking pitch black when Eagle and uh, <laughs> the main character and, and uh, Discount Mark Hamill are fucking talking. But then when you see the uh, Marrow and his cronies fucking plotting, it's still daylight outside. I'm like, am I, am I watching Plan Nine from Outer Space? What the fuck's going on here? And it's well, uh, it is a well. I know, I know what you're about to say, but I, I want to bring this up too, real quick that they didn't pay attention to that but like watch Johnny Eagle's eye throughout the movie it progressively gets worse oh dude it gets worse and worse it's like you paid attention to that continuity but you couldn't make sure that the the time of day was the same on these scenes that were happening at the same time
1: look this this you know all props to this movie all the budget went to the makeup department it went to that eye that eye I mean that shit looked really good uh, but all the makeup in this movie does all of it
0: oh no and, even the creature I like the creature designs too but you can tell they're like a they took inspiration from creature from the black Lagoon but then kind of get and then other creature features because they kind of gave them the brain heads yeah but you know you have like the the, the hands are kind of similar but then you have like these these big brains almost looking like a space invader type thing. I mean, if you'd have just thrown some John Holmes dicks on them.
1: Oh, I'm sure they were packing. They just didn't show them. Couldn't afford it. No, yeah.
0: 13 inches. That's a tough load.
1: Well, in 1980, like, America wasn't ready to see, like, dicks on screen, you know? Like we are now.
0: I was just throwing out some Boogie Nights references there. Oh, I know. I know. But... That's who who they needed in this fucking movie. I obviously know he wasn't operating at that time, but I'm just saying. John C. Riley in this movie? He has
1: the fucking uh, hairstyle to fit it. He would have fit in with those dudes. Can we talk about The scientist? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I do want to say this. Yeah, I do want to say this before we... I, I say salmon.
0: I do too, but I feel like we're. Pro- it's probably just our, you know, Mississippi, oh, Southern Southern. dialect. Yeah, other people in the country are probably like, "It's salmon, you sons of bitches."
1: Well, thankfully, they probably don't listen to this podcast to correct us. <laughs> there's a, there's a scene earlier in the movie when Vic Morrow and his, I want to say it's cronies. I guess that's his, I mean, his cronies. They're unloading beer for, like, this town is nothing but old people. But they, like, throw down. Oh, yeah. And they have, like, this town hall meeting with this same band who plays at the festival. And and, And Vic Morrow and his buddies are unloading 48 cases of beer for this... Town hall meeting to introduce Canco, and Vic Morrow steps out of his truck, and I'm telling you this is the highlight of the movie for me. He's got like this red coffee mug. That red coffee mug is you is its only purpose for Vic Morrow in this scene is to be used as a beer huggy for his beer. <laughs> he's got his beer in this coffee mug, and he's taking sips of the beer, holding the coffee mug. And I'm like, fuck yes. That's amazing.
0: Oh, yeah. The, the people in this movie were all about fucking drinking. I, I thought that, too. When I first saw that, I was like, because I knew there was a festival at the end of the movie, because, like I said, I'd caught the back half on the last drive-in. I was like, well, are we already at that point? Then it turns out it's just a fucking meeting, so they can have a <laughs> brawl out back. And I'll get to the brawl in a second, but I want to say something else. though. so when they go to this fucking meeting, I guess that everybody goes to. Um, I don't know what town does that. Um, I these people apparently are very interested in town politics. That even the young people are coming. But did you notice that uh, when the the two that you know would later on be trying to fuck on the beach and. You know She is pregnant and has the uh, hybrid creature. They have to ride in the back of that truck that has a camper shell <laughs> on it. Which yeah. means that they, they're not even sitting up. That means they have to lay down in this fucking ride as it's going down. Probably, I'm assuming, bumpy-ass roads.
1: Oh, yeah. And this couple is so hilarious. Like, the boyfriend... like Again, nobody's given development, his only character arc is that he loves to fucking scare his girlfriend. Yeah. That's it. That's it. He just loves to scare her. And right before this scene, like, you know, we see her, like, brushing her hair in the bathroom. And you see all these plants in the bathroom for some goddamn reason. It's like she has a greenhouse in her bathroom. And then obviously, like, She senses something's there, so she gets scared, and it turns out to be the boyfriend. It's the classic horror movie gag, you know, to where they set you up, and then it's a, you know.
0: There was a lot of jump scares in this movie, or attempted jump scares, and I guess in this case, they didn't really fit the tone of the movie. No, and... It's like, why... And I I guess you just have them there for... Because I'm assuming... Just for that experience, I guess, like when you're watching this at the drive-in or something like that, you know, I don't know. It just, they didn't seem to fit with like the tone of the movie. It's not, this isn't the type of movie that would have jump scares, at least in my opinion.
1: No, no. and again, it's, um, it's one of these movies that, you know, it's a basic plot. The director's probably doing what she can with what she's given.
0: The town was called Noyo?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Celebrating 75 years of salmon. Salmon? Whichever way you say it. <laughs> salmon. Yeah. 75 years. I mean, like this. And it seems like this is the, the biggest thing going on in this town every year.
1: Oh, this is the only thing that's going on in this town.
0: How, I guess, how do you celebrate 75 years of salmon? Salmon, salmon. Um, is did you just not fish it the year before? I don't know, it seems odd.
1: Uh, I guess you celebrate it with a, a birthday party.
0: Well, I, I guess my thing is, is like, how do you or know, when, how do you know when it started? I guess is my question. Because at least like the Super Bowl, we know that the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl is played on this date. But how do you know when the first salmon
1: salmon? Maybe every year is the 75th. Like they just say, fuck it. Yeah. Because look.
0: Because it's a tourist attraction.
1: In all fairness. This is the oldest town I've ever seen in my life. Who the fuck is
0: driving in? From hundreds of miles away for a salmon, salmon, whatever festival. I guess
1: people with fuck all to do with their lives.
0: You're in California too,
1: so well, like what, northern California, I'm assuming. But, but California, so there's still
0: like a beach or something you could go to, right? Instead of salmon, salmon, whatever fest seventy five.
1: I don't know. I'd go to that. I mean, if you have like a good old bluegrass band and
0: well, they humanoids did fucking,
1: that might fucking penetrate my girlfriend. and Yeah, that sounds fun. They
0: did pull out that banjo.
1: Oh, they love that banjo in this movie. Dude. There's like five different shots of it. And I like how he's
0: like, hey, can we play something more upbeat? And they're like, hey, we're not feeling it. he's like, well, look, we got people that come in from hundreds of miles away. They're not here to hear this sad sea shanty. Play something more
1: upbeat, damn it. (laughs) And they're like, fuck you. You hired us. You know the score. Every year we have this conversation. (laughs) Right. And, like... Did you notice when they introduced uh, (laughs) the president at like the town hall party of the millennium 150 years of salmon? Yeah. uh, They introduced like the president (laughs) and then they introduced the president of the company's special assistant and then it Like, you're expecting it to be, look, this is the movie, I get it. You're expecting it to be like, it's going to be a beautiful blonde. And it's like this four foot seven (laughs) guy with like, uh, I can only describe it as in the shape of a pompadour, but it's curly (laughs) and it's thinning. (laughs) Dude, but when I heard "Special Assistant," I'm like, "Oh, there's a a C subplot here to where they're lovers."
0: This movie, Special hasn't, Assistant, this movie hadn't got time for a C subplot. It's barely got time for the A plot. And you're talking no, about No, I C's. know. No, I get, I get it. Uh, well, I'm writing. I'm writing
1: a spec script on like the town. <laughs> that that's going on before this happens. And then what's so funny, cause I, I alluded to it in my synopsis. Uh, yeah. The scientist being like a literal giant because it's so funny because like you see her later, they're slow dancing to slow bluegrass. I I guess that's what you can do when you live in no yo, but she literally is towering over this motherfucker. She's towering over everybody in this like fishing village. It's so funny. Cause when the hero of the movie comes up to her, he does this little, like <laughs> he stands on his tippy toes. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. <laughs> Just so he can see how tall she is. And I had to look her up. I had to look her up on IMDb. I forget the actress's name. Uh, I had to look up her height. She's six foot. I mean, she's she's tall for you know. (laughs) Even the hero of our movie is like, check this shit out. (laughs) Look how tall she is.
0: Hey, so since you brought it up, and I didn't actually make note of this, it just it just came to me, you know. I think I just hit the arm of my chair and made extra noise. But it just came to me while I was sitting here, you know, every now and then I have a thought without having to like put effort into it. But how odd was it? I guess, especially in a movie like this, where the whole driving force is gore and nudity, that the main character is married with a child that you hardly fucking see. It doesn't really come into play until the very end of the movie, but then he's partnered up with another female protagonist and they not fuck.
1: Yeah, that was odd. It was also odd that his wife was 30 years, his junior
0: yeah that too I okay so it wasn't just me
1: oh I put it in my in my synopsis like he takes child brides for wives yeah because she is ever bit of 22 and he is he's a strong I mean the actor died early but he's a he's like 48.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay, so, yeah, like I said, it wasn't just me. I thought the same thing, and I was like, uh, maybe you know, but I feel like I'm horrible at telling how old people are by looking at them.
1: Oh, especially during this time period. Yeah. Everybody so, looks older.
0: Yeah. So I was just like, well, maybe I just don't fucking know. But yeah, I just thought it was weird that you have this these two protagonists in, in a regular fucking, especially like in a B movie. They would have hooked up there would have been a love scene at some point you know and it
1: didn't happen here
0: in a movie no full of, full of titties and
1: death and I had to assume that it's only because like Corman's like 80 minutes in and out like yeah because they they don't even they don't even like sort of come together until like the 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 back half of the third act, too. You know. You know when I was watching this,
0: I had to pause at one point,
1: and I was like, "To oh. adjust your boner."
0: When I paused the movie, and I come back to it, and I started it up. I'm like, "Oh, this movie's like seventy percent done already." I'm like shit. Like I feel like we haven't even really developed a fucking plot, and we're about to and <laughs> oh, no. like, we're about to uh, swing into the final act here. But wait, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, no. You said what you're going to say, because what I'm about to say is about to go down a different path.
1: No, I was going to um, say we haven't developed a plot from the movie called humanoids from the deep.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, I've, that's, I've, You are correct. That is on. Me that's fucking super, tragic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my bad. No, what I was going to say is like, but even like the, the hero character, and I think his name was Jim, unless that was his brother. I don't know. Um, who can be bothered to remember names but he wasn't it wasn't exactly virtuous himself I don't know if you noticed this but when Johnny Eagle gets into the fight with the people out back he kind of sits there and he watched Johnny Eagle get his ass whooped for a little bit before he finally decides to jump in and like and it's not like it's like he's watching them when they're fighting one on one and he's like okay this is cool it's like no when the one guy grabs him and holds his arms back he watches Johnny Eagle take like three or four shots before he's like I guess I'll fucking help out.
1: But he did. He did help out. But
0: Well, if he would have jumped in sooner, Johnny Eagle's eye might not have been fucked up the entire movie.
1: I know, right? But it's funny, though, because, like, later on in the movie, him and Johnny Eagle are talking. And you find out he's for the cannery. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... You thought this entire time like he's on John Eagle's side, but no,
0: he's. You know what though? I will say this, uh, and you know we don't we don't talk about politics or anything like that in this uh, podcast, and we're not going to. But I will just drop this little tidbit here. It's nice to see that people have differing opinions and you can still fucking get along.
1: Yeah. Again, uh, we've been. Ruined the past Six years Like I think there was I mean there was a time in America When you could Have that And now it's so Polarizing And choose a side But
0: On everything It's on everything Everything everything. That's what sucks It's like Oh you like pepperoni pizza Fuck you What do you got against sausage (laughs) Like whoa I didn't realize it was that serious (laughs) I mean, they're still pigs, right? It's it's different parts, you motherfucker. Right? Uh, But yeah, fuck Jim. He let Johnny Eagles get his ass whooped. Was it Johnny Eagle or Johnny Eagles? I I didn't quite get it. (laughs)
1: Eagles? (laughs) That'd be funny, though. Johnny Eagles.
0: Hey, what's better than one eagle? A whole fucking flock of eagles. Eagles. Two eagles. You know what?
1: what? I will give this movie credit. Johnny Eagle's a pretty fucking cool name. That is. That's better than whatever fucking name the main character had.
0: Jim. It's Jim. Jim playing as a fucking cardboard box.
1: Ah, it might be Smith. Nah, it's not Smith. <laughs> no, you, you know what?
0: You know what? Fuck Jim, okay? He let Johnny Eagle, or Johnny Eagles, whichever one, get his ass whooped. Uh, and then his big plan at the end of the movie is to pour gas into the fucking water at the pier. And I don't know what that did. I mean, did, you know, I don't know what that did. You know, who actually affected some change though was John Eagle, man. He was out there sharpshooting. He was sniping people with that 30, 30 or 30 out six or whatever the fuck it was. He was going to town. Jim during the whole course of this final act is on the boat with his non love interest, Pouring gasoline into the water to catch it on fire for God knows what what reason. I don't know. Did they boil up like some shrimp?
1: Yeah, and uh, you you could tell this this movie's low budget when um, you see Jim and scientist lady pouring gasoline all over the water, and then they cut back to the water. It's like these four pitiful like little. fires going on like it's <laughs> they've been spending the entire time trying to like put gasoline in the water to to kill the uh the sex fiends well, didn't it boil in like four spots also no it was uh, yeah it was that, that was it it was just four little little campfires in the water
0: well i thought it was yeah it was like the, the fires and then like like a couple spots where it was bubbling to be like oh hey it's getting hot.
1: Ah, I must have been adjusting my boner again. I missed that.
0: Yeah, that's why I was confused as to what effect this uh this play had on the fight against the humanoids from the deep. Yeah, because like, just get out of the water. You've already shown that you can breathe on land. You don't have to be boiled.
1: Before we move on, because we've been so scattershot in this movie, not this probably isn't the best. I like to talk about this movie
0: the way the plot treated me all <laughs> over the place.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I'm talking right now with a boner, so I'm treating this movie how the movie <laughs> treated me. But uh, I love like the couple who... Decided to set up a tent on the beach. we just meet them. And, you know, I'll say this about... That's the same couple I'll, that was in the back of the truck. No, 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 no. Different couple. Because I love... Because, as you'll see when we get Are through this... Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hear me out. Hear me out first. Okay. okay. Um, one thing that I'll always give horror movies... And you'll notice this as we go through this um, retrospective, retrospective of the big four is that a lot of these movies will introduce characters, nightmare less so, uh, just to kill them off. So when you give something to these characters to make them unique, I'm all for it. Because if they're going to be cannon fodder, that's fine. I have no fucking problem with you introducing a character to fucking kill them off in three minutes. That's what I signed up for. But if you add a little special spice to it, even if it is a couple who are about to fuck in a tent on a beach and the dude is a ventriloquist, I'm all for that. Because that is just so bananas. And you know what? He was a pretty good ventriloquist too.
0: He was, and yeah, he was
1: pretty fucking good. I know, yeah,
0: I know it's a couple you're talking about. You're, you're right, I was wrong. Um, it was the second couple on the beach. Yeah, he was fucking great. Like he's wasting his talents in Noyo or Noyo. Uh, you know what?
1: I don't know if he was good enough to pull tail. I don't know if any ventriloquist is good enough to pull tail. Uh, apparently, he was. Oh, she was. Oh, she was, she was in it to it. win it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She would have fucked the dummy. He was that good. He was that good. I think they made that joke. Give me wood or some shit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and Splinters. Splinters, yeah. But yeah, this movie introduces a teenage couple. On a beach. In a tent. In the teenage guy. Lo and behold, was a young um. Who's that comedian? Jeff Dunham.
0: Oh, do you know who a, Jeff Dunham is? I've heard the name, but if you were about to ask you about ventriloquist, I was about to be like, yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, don't worry about Jeff Dunham. He's a ventriloquist comedian who's living in a mansion. I mean, he's his puppets are. Pretty racy for 2022 now. (laughs) You
0: know that when it comes to comedians, I get all my information from you. Like, I'm late to the party. You were the one that told me about Anthony Jeselnik.
1: (sighs) That's all I got, though, besides him and Louie.
0: Well, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just, you know, I think the only one I found on my own was George Carlin back in the day when I was in high school. And the rest of them have come through other people. Because hell, fuck, you know. And I know it's trendy to be like, ah, oh, fuck that dude. But I think you were the one that told me about Dane Cook.
1: <laughs> you don't have to say that on the podcast. <laughs> you don't have to put that out there, man. Why are you doing me like that? <laughs> and this is just like two years ago. I mean, that's what's embarrassing. <laughs> uh.
0: Yeah, so yeah. When it, I mean, I'll I'll know who Jeff Dunham is now since you mentioned him. But
1: fuck, don't look up Jeff Dunham. He's not good.
0: Oh well, then never mind. If you're saying he's not good, I'll. I'll oh guess. no, he's not.
1: No, he's he's kind of a hack, but still, like it, this kid was talented. Yeah, he
0: was. He's not no more. No, no. <laughs> I
1: forget. How did he die? Um, I'm sure that he... Got- oh, oh, he got it
0: back scratch.
1: That was yeah. brutal.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure he got clawed. And did you notice, too, like the, the humanoids or whatever you want to fucking call them. I'm just going to call them humanoids because it's in the title. They were fucking masters when it come to cutting dudes up and like ribboning their flesh. But then having a delicate enough touch to where when they swiped at a lady, it only took her top off.
1: Dude, that's called being a professional.
0: Exactly. Okay.
1: And I love, I love that these humanoids, I mean, they hated the competition so much that they just, I mean, you have to see these death scenes to believe them. But these humanoids fucking could not stand a human dick entering no. a human vagina. No. The thought of that. they It's like, I'm not even going to give you a bullet in the head. It's like, I'm going to rip open your flesh and leave it exposed it we is amazing. Kill you
0: in the most horrific way possible.
1: Yes. Uh, but when it came to a woman's touch, it was like the velveting touch of a dandy pop. It was just.
0: Uh. <laughs> oh man. Ah, God! I got I got in my notes, man. I just want to bring this up real quick. And
1: Jerry, was that the brother? Great value, Mark Hamill? Yeah. Oh, if you're going to say what I think you're going to say, because I've got it right in my notes after this. Because so Jerry, we'll call him Jerry, who gives a fuck. He's a... Even his brother don't really give two shits about him. He gets over (laughs) him pretty quickly. Right. But wish Mark Hamill actually lives. So wish Mark Hamill and... Johnny Eagle and Mark Hamill's girlfriend, Jesus, she's just there. They're like, hey, do you want to? Johnny Eagle's like, hey, come to my place. We'll cook some fish and talk. They do neither of those things. They're actually standing there. There's a scene of them two standing there, and they're not talking. I think the cornbread gets made, though. Okay. God, I would love some cornbread right now but when they're going to Johnny Eagle to have a good time drink beer talk and fry fish and they do none of those things fry fish is great value Mark Hamill they hear a sound of a boat of Vic Morrow and his crew coming which sort of kicks off into the third act and great value Mark Hamill's like what's that sound and it's like you fucking idiot (laughs) It's on the water and there's a motor. Are you, you goddamn moron? That is not like what's shit. that sound? <laughs> what the fuck could it be? What that's the not, fuck? Yeah, you're right. I,
0: I forgot about that, but that's not what I was gonna say though. I was actually gonna point out the fact that he was wearing his blue jean cutoffs.
1: Again, I was oh, trusting my boner. I don't
0: Yeah. And the, he just made me think of my fucking dad back in because uh, my dad used to he used to do like construction work, right? and And that was how he'd get his tan for the summer. You know when he was doing like uh, you know building these chicken houses out in Mississippi out in rural Mississippi because that's what fucking Mississippi has is chicken houses. And these dudes would build these fucking chicken houses. and my dad would wear these cutoff shorts. We called them nut cutters. Because they were so far up, you know, it's right there by the ball sack. And I just, I saw those fucking shorts. I just immediately thought of my dad and just like being traumatized as a teenager. Because there was one (laughs) summer where I went out there before college where I helped him. Because I wanted to, uh, we were going on a trip. And I wanted to have some money to go on his trip. So I was like, well, hey, I'll go work with you guys. And my dad goes out there in these little fucking short shorts, you know, working or whatever. And I asked him about it one time. And he said something about that's what the ladies wanted to see. They wanted to see his nuts hanging out the bottom of the shorts or something. I don't know. But just imagine your fucking dad wearing shorts that looked like they belonged on a fucking stripper or something. You know, who wants to see that shit? It was horrible.
1: <clears throat> that that's funny, and I respect your dad. I've never met him. But, uh, and I'll, I'll not name names. And I didn't witness this per se, but there was a friend who, um, whose dad also wore cut off shorts that were very high. And he would wear a bandana like Axl Rose. So already you're like batting a thousand with that, right? Yeah. And, but the icing on the cake, the cherry on the top was that he would, uh, while his, this dude's friends were over, he would take shits in the bathroom with the door open (laughs) and sometimes yell for uh, his son to come there. (laughs) <laughs> so
0: Wearing a Unless bandana your dad did like Axl
1: Rose
0: I know my dad you did know a lot of things No I know what no, you're talking wait. about When you say the fucking bandana like Axl Rose I know what you're talking about No
1: no 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 maybe I'm wrong
0: Or are you talking about fucking Brett Michaels Brett Michaels
1: Axel Not Axl Rose
0: Yeah Axl Rose just wore it thick But it was still mm. essentially tied around his head And you can see the top of his head Brett michaels yeah. were were covered up the entire like a Buccaneer, yeah. like a pirate to yeah. the point where He'd you're like, like yeah you're like this dude's got to be bald under here he's got to be lying because even when he like i don't know if you remember this but when Brett michaels was doing that reality show or whatever and he hit his fucking head on the piece of the stage that was raising up and he had to go to the hospital he kept his bandana on
1: no didn't he have a stroke or something he like I, maybe that was what put him in the hospital
0: I don't I thought know. He had
1: had like a medical emergency. This
0: dude hit his fucking head on like a piece of the stage that was rising up. And you can't see the motion it just did because this isn't a video podcast, but I just simulated that. And I acted like I got hit in the head.
1: Is it still a podcast if it's
0: video? I don't know. That's a good question. Um a question I'm probably not smart enough to answer, but I don't know. I mean, is it a podcast if only ten people listen? Uh, yes. Okay. Then we keep our street cred. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't know how many times I've ran into like the Van Buren boys out in the street. And,
1: Dude, if you I, don't know that, if you don't know this, their sign, then you fucked.
0: Or you know, have your own podcast. I mean, you're fucked. Like, yo. We should have a
1: follow-up podcast called The Van Buren Boys. (laughs) And we cover Seinfeld.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) That would just fucking do it, like, episode by episode in order. Yeah. Speaking of...
1: Skip the first season. No. Uh, We're a thorough... Thorough podcast. Speaking of Seinfeld, I love it because when... um, Slattery, Vic Morrow's racist character is going to go blow up the only minority in town, entire house, and <laughs> kill him to smithereens. <laughs> You're sitting on the boat, and was, was uh, this when it was daytime? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was alternating, <laughs> and and one of the guys probably has doubts, <laughs> and Vic Morrow's. Not having any of those doubts about murdering an innocent person and he calls him Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> no, I was straight up called this dude Susan. He's like, hey, chill the fuck out, Susan. <laughs> or or don't be a pussy, Susan. And I'm like Oh man. <laughs>
0: The uh, the 80s were a different time.
1: Dude, that's so funny. <laughs>
0: it's so funny. it's And apparently, just fucking casually murdering a minority in the 80s is like, fucking no problem.
1: <laughs> and this is still 1980, to where the minority <laughs> is going to brush that aside, that attempted murder. And save your ass later.
0: Yeah. He could have just let that dude fucking be.
1: I would have. Yeah, really. I would have. You just blew up my fucking house. You tried to kill me.
0: Yeah. You. you know, it's cool that you saved this girl. But yeah, I don't have a place to live, you asshole. And the pork bread <laughs> is fucking gone. And she can't make no more because that she was in a fucking truck that blew up as soon as it hit a slight <laughs> bump.
1: Oh. Uh, ah. Uh. Her her getaway is, is so funny too because like these, these fuck machines are on her vehicle and you don't know one is in the back. And so she she hits the brakes and one falls off of her of her car when she's making her getaway. And she just stops. Like she there is a humanoid horny sea creature that just wants to see her tits and just <laughs> and just rub one out <laughs> and he's on the ground and she takes like movie time six seconds to just like relax. Real time, it's probably like she was there for, like, 20 minutes just not moving the vehicle. Just... Yeah. (laughs) And obviously, like, there's one in the back, obviously, like, Michael Myers from Halloween 4. And she goes off a bridge because that's what you do in movies. And it explodes, of course, immediately on impact. Exactly. Exactly. Like this, like this. Truck was made of gasoline.
0: <laughs> well, everything in this movie is made of gasoline. The water's made of gasoline. <laughs> I mean, you've
1: no, no, the water's not made of gasoline. Four small spots in the water are made of gasoline. <laughs> and and the way
0: I don't know because you see her earlier <clears throat> sketching. She was catching something. I think it was a boat. And it had to be a boat because that's all these people do in this fucking town is is catch fish and celebrate salmon, salmon, whatever. But they kind of position her as being a little more prominent. And then she just blows the fuck up. The, the <laughs> brother, the brother. you know, you feel like he's going to have a part in the movie. And then he just ends up in the hospital and that's it. And no. And it's the like wife, a throwaway line. The wife and the kid are positioned at the beginning of the movie yeah. to have a look, but they don't come into play until like the last five minutes, and it, it's almost like what for? Well, I can tell you what for. It's so this movie's eighty minutes instead of seventy-five minutes. Still fun, but I'm just saying it's a like there's some head scratchers.
1: No, very much so. But, you know, anybody listening to this podcast, like, I hope, I hope they've seen, they've watched this movie because we've been so all over the place with this movie, all over the fucking place. Like, it's going to make zero sense unless you see it. And I guess. Well, we've never claimed to cover movies chronologically,
0: like in order of events. We do that sometimes. Sometimes we don't. Just whichever mood hits us. (laughs) You can expect that kind of articulation and structure from a professional podcast. But from us, you can just expect chaos. I've
1: always thought, like, if you do something enough times, you get better at it. But (laughs) this podcast is roof no. in the bud and you don't no, we just we fucking alternate from week to week one week we'll
0: go from point A to point P in a straight line the next <laughs> week we're just all over the place and, you know it depends on the movie
1: yeah in this movie like and how much
0: we've had to drink
1: yeah that's always that's always the case with me but and I think this movie <laughs> if you try to go chronological <laughs> this I don't know if this movie doesn't warrant that. But it does warrant a rating. And what would you give it?
0: Um, so, I'm going to try to be fair. and I'm going to rate this like I would rate any other movie. In the context of like all movies being rated against each other, right? And in that broader spectrum, I'd say two stars. And you're probably going to be like, well, that's what you gave Friday the 13th. And you sound like you like this more than you did Friday the 13th. And yes, that is true. All that's true. I enjoyed this movie. It was fun. Uh, It was off the rails. Uh, It didn't make any fucking sense at times. It was, you know, just whatever you want to say about it. Those things are going to be true, but it was fun. The movie knew what it was. Um, And and in this sense, like a two-star rating, I mean, this is like a, the two-star rating is like, if I compared this to No Country for Old Men, so to speak. You know, that's like a five-star movie for me. That's a fantastic fucking movie, and that like, that's a well constructed movie with a plot that yeah you know, makes sense, characters that are developed, and it's it's like one
1: of the top movies ever. It's so funny that you say that. I just recently watched that like three nights ago. But go ahead. It's, yeah, yeah.
0: And you know when you compare the two well, one of them is going to be a five-star movie one of them is going to be a two-star movie because the things that happen in Humanoids from the Deep, you know, the inconsistencies like with the day-night cycle that doesn't match up, um, with the flimsy plot, um, with all these different things, um, with the, the, the subplot with the cannery that doesn't make any fucking sense. You know, I'd say two, but it's a fun two. It's a fun movie and I'd recommend watching it. Because the movie knows what it is. Now, you know, it knew it wasn't going to win Academy Awards. It knew it wasn't never going to be like this place in the uh, hallmarks of cinema or anything like as far as like, you know, important cinema, uh, artistic cinema. It's just a fucking drive-in movie where sea creatures kill a bunch of dudes, show a bunch of titties, and then somehow get vanquished from some you know, the plot device that doesn't make any fucking sense. It was a fun movie. I give it a two, but that's, like I said, that's in a sense of a broader scope. If I was just like, if I was being like, hey, if I was only grading B movies, then I would give it for like a, you know, compared to other B movies, I'd probably say like a four or something like that. Just cause it's fucking fun. It's a, it's a ride and it's worth taking. You just got to turn off your brain and just accept that, you know things are going to be stupid, but once again, the movie knows what it is. Um, Roger Corman knows his audience, and they know what type of movie they're making and who they're making it for. And I think it checks those boxes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. What movie <clears throat> were we talking about in chat earlier? Where? Uh, I had mentioned how can people be bad at watching movies?
0: Uh, Yeah, it was green room. Um, We were talking about the fact that like uh, some people, they, I guess, assumed they had to understand the punk rock scene to get the movie. And I, and I'd made the comment, like I thought the movie was pretty straightforward and you didn't have to understand punk rock or the punk rock scene to get the movie. And you were
1: like, yeah, some people are bad at watching movies. Yeah. And, And I guess this is where I'm going with it, because you judge movies, or I do, by what they're trying to accomplish and what they are. And that's not hard to see at all, to me. Movies trying to be artsy, you know that. A movie's trying to be... Uh. A sci-fi thriller, you know that, and this, and again, and we'll never cover it on the podcast. That's why we want to go so hard. at Inception, the movie tries to be something, and to me, it fails. Uh, you know, it's
0: just in next week. We're covering Inception.
1: <laughs> Let's do it. I haven't rewatched it in a while. Maybe Not. my opinion will change. Nah. But you watch a movie like Inception, you know it's trying to be like big and it's trying to be thought provoking and it accomplishes one of those things. You judge a movie by what it is. And that's you know, we cover these horror movies and you know, uh you you rate it by what it accomplishes and what it's trying to do. And I give Humanoids from the deep three stars because it's in and out it knows what it is and like you said plenty it, it, you know the movie knows what it is and the movie's not trying to fucking be highbrow, bro you know it's great special effects it's great makeup effects and it's a fun time like you know those explosions are sweet no that yeah the fire on the water is not, but The other, every other explosion Like And whoever I would was be
0: Whoever was paid to rig those bikinis To tear away
1: You know what They do need some love Because it was You know Boner <laughs> adjusting good shit You know this movie's three stars. It's um It's a lean movie, man. There's no fat on this movie. Like, at all. I don't know. It's a good time. It's a good time.
0: Well that's what you three want. Three stars. For, that's what you want from a movie, right? For it's not a movie, movie called
1: Humanoids from the Deep. What the fuck are you expecting? You yeah, know?
0: well, but you also wanted to not have wasted space. You yeah, wasted time. I mean, who, you know, I don't mind a three hour movie when those three hours are used properly. I don't mind an 80 minute movie as long as I get everything I need out of the movie. I think that's what you get from Humanoids from the Deep, like you said. You know, um, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard good things. I'm excited to see it. I want to see it. Um, I may go see it uh, my next two days off. But, you know, the new Batman movie is like three hours long. Yeah, and it, like in my mind, I'm already thinking like, this is going to be like the
1: best three hours. Well, you hope so. I haven't seen it yet. Either. You
0: hope so. Well,
1: but we, three we, hours we, is a, is a long time. We, it is. Commit. But,
0: but you know, we talked about this earlier um, and we talked about it in a previous episode and you'd finally get to see it. You know, when I, we talked about like disappointing movies and we talked about the little things, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that movie could have been longer and I think it would have made it a better movie if it was longer and it had filled in some more stuff.
1: Yeah, that, that I hate that you brought that up because you don't want to end a podcast on like because yeah, there's some things that are are left on the table with that movie.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying like Very much so. Long movies are good, short movies are good. You just have to make sure that you hit the right spot. As a filmmaker, like just you don't make a three hour movie because you can make a three hour movie, make a three hour movie because it's what the movie needs. And don't make a 80 minute movie because you can make an 80 minute movie, make an 80 minute movie because that's what that movie needs. And that's what humanoids from the deep needed was 80 minutes.
1: No, it. You know, I'm, I'm a broken record here. The movie set out to accomplish what it wanted to accomplish. You know, it's, it's a Roger Corman movie, I guess. Again, like, I don't, yeah, I, it, I can't recall any Corman movies I've seen, but if this is a Corman movie, then yeah, it's, it's surface level entertainment. Exactly. nothing wrong with that.
0: It's something, it's something you can watch on like a Saturday afternoon.
1: You know, with the family
0: exa- yeah
1: it's pretty wholesome fun
0: yeah yeah I mean yeah <laughs> I mean there's like a good old uh underwater sea creature rape uh, movie but to bring the family together but no yeah it's like like you said you know it's it's something you can watch you can enjoy you don't have to think too hard about it you can just turn off your mind for a minute. Uh, enjoy the movie and move on.
1: I would have, you know, Barbara Peters did a great job. I would have loved to see Joe Dante's version though. I, that would have been interesting, but that's neither here nor there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At some point we have to talk about Joe Dante too, because I don't think we've covered any, Like Joe Dante.
1: Oh, we have. We definitely haven't. And I know which movie you're talking about specifically. I mean, go ahead and tell them. I know it.
0: Oh, I mean, since you know so much, what is it?
1: It's The Burbs.
0: (laughs) Goddamn right, it is. Love The Burbs. Uh, But I like, I love Gremlins too, or Gremlins. And I will say Gremlins 2 to make it sound like I'm talking about part two, which I like part two also, but yes. Fucking love the burbs.
1: I I like piranha. I like Gremlins. Dude, I like Gremlins 2. I love I, the Burbs. You know, yeah, we
0: can we can talk about any of those movies. It's just like we've we've talked about some John Carpenter, we've talked about some Wes Craven, we've we've uh talked about some Toby
1: <laughs> Hooper. We talked about some Sean S. Cunningham. Just the legends.
0: And we just, for whatever reason, we haven't circled back around to Joe Dante. And
1: it seems like we should. Yeah, I mean, we should probably cover The Howling.
0: We could do that too. Because we we haven't covered werewolves. At all. Which I don't think we've covered I mean,
1: vampires either, but. <laughs> I mean, I think we've established we're not a good podcast.
0: <laughs> we, just, we just do things.
1: This episode is prime example of this podcast. It is, yeah,
0: That's right. Join us next time when we do more stuff.
1: <sighs> Half-ass. That, 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 that may or <laughs> may
0: not make sense or be worth your time, who knows.
1: You know, if this if if we had a Patreon and this was a Patreon exclusive, we would actually have to pay people.
0: That's right. It'd be the reverse Patreon.
1: Yeah, we would have to pay people to listen to this shit.
0: Here's $5. Take 2 hours out of your time and listen to this, uh, please. This is
1: not a good a use of anybody's time. <laughs> listen to this shit.
0: Ah. Uh, but uh, uh, so yeah, it sounds like we're both in agreement. This, despite the fact that I only gave it two stars and you gave it three, I think we both would recommend *Humanoids from the Deep*.
1: Oh, I, and, uh, yeah. And I feel like Definitely. I have to.
0: I feel like I have to defend my two stars and the fact that I'm also saying watch the movie and recommend it. It's. I mean, I don't get your logic. It's uh yeah well you know it's a logic that only works in my head, but it's a it's a two star recommend. And once again, it's it's just when I use a broader scale to judge everything. Uh, but
1: yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: well, let me ask you this.
1: Sure. Because this is a, a, a episode we've covered before, or right, a movie. Which, not that you recommend, which one do you like more? Shocker, or Humanoids from the Deep.
0: Um, I would probably say because what did I give Shocker? I think I gave it like two stars, also or two and a half. It was low, and I like Shocker. If you gave two, it two and a half, then I what are we I, doing? I don't know. I may I may have gave it two. I can look at it real quick and tell you. Let me pull up the old letterbox. Um.
1: I don't even know if I rated Shocker on mine.
0: Well, you should have. I gave it two stars. Um, So I gave Humanoids the same rating I gave Shocker. And if you listen to that episode, you know I love some Shocker. The answer would be, in this case, Shocker, though. Um, And it's probably because I saw Shocker first. I saw it when I was young. Nostalgia, that sort of thing. Because yeah. You know, and I would say one thing that humanoids from the deep has going for it that a shocker doesn't have going for it is that it's a lot,
1: but you can name one thing.
0: Is that well, we have we've hit on it multiple times already, but humanoids knows what it is, it knows its audience. It's not trying to be something that's not Um, I think I've been on record in the past as saying that Wes Craven can be a little full of himself and, you know, try to claim things about his movies that maybe aren't necessarily accurate. Whereas, you know, Roger Corman's like gore breast printed. Let's go. Um, But still like, Shocker. Now, if you were like, hey, people under the stairs versus humanoids from the deep, I would say humanoids from the deep because I don't have any kind of connection
1: to people under the stairs. Okay. I'll just test the waters there. I
0: mean, humanoids from the deep is very straightforward, very to the point, even though it has like meaningless subplots. But yeah. People die, there's a resolution. There's even a fucking, like, stinger ending with the half-breed baby
1: bursting out of her stomach. Oh, we didn't even cover that. No. Yeah, even Dan O'Bannon, like, the writer for Alien, called out humanoids from the deep for ripping that off. And I'm like, yeah, he's got a point.
0: You know, he does, but... Also, I mean, it's almost like, wouldn't you just be flattered? Cause you know this movie's not gonna fucking challenge you as far no, as like, not alien. Yeah, it's but place no. you know, it's not gonna challenge aliens' place and cinema history or anything like that. I just I'd have been like, maybe like, hey, cool. Like i have done something that people are fucking ripping off and they're like let me copy that
1: maybe it's people's in the business that no, we're not in hollywood maybe it's people's opinions of roger corman
0: well it, you know what it, but also you we're sitting here looking at this also what um 40 years later and i think alien and humanoids from the deep happened relatively close together so it could be
1: Seventy nine eighty.
0: Yeah, so at the time it could have been like, Whoa, you son of a bitch. What the fuck are you doing?
1: Oh, it's very much so. Like it's not it's not homage, it is theft. Yeah. Because that was so close.
0: Alien, that's a movie we haven't talked about. There's so many. Like, what are we this is episode I think at the time it'll go to print. Or publish, or whatever you want to call it, to be like episode twenty six, and and some of those episodes we covered two movies at once. And there was one episode where we covered three movies. That Did we? we? Yeah, our very first episode that I released later on. Oh. Yeah, we covered Nightmare One, Two, and
1: Three. That we shouldn't even count that. That was just a but
0: still a draw run. Yeah, we've covered like. 26 plus movies at this point, and there's still so much to talk about. So many movies, so many good movies, so many bad movies, movies we haven't seen, movies we've seen. Um, you know, just so many different things. That was Humanoids from the Deep. You got our ratings two stars from myself, three stars from Mr. Lindsay. Um, once again, we both recommend the movie despite what you made. Think I had recommend or based on what I said about two stars, I still think it's a movie worth watching. Definitely check the movie out if you get a chance. That's that's it from us. Uh, we appreciate you listening, Josh. Any final words? Yeah, I just
1: want to say uh, goodbye to to the listener, and you know, I have the thought of your dads cut off jean shorts in my head tonight as I go to sleep. And that's well, not a bad, though. That the, tan line. Well, and just
0: know that when those pockets hang down below where they were cut off, it's like 50% of the pockets showing. I mean, they're nut cutters. Ah, even better. Coffee. All right, guys. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.